Wouldn't it be great if you could see God? Would it change the way you believe? Would, you, would it change the way in which you trust him? Well, in this Bible study, we're going to talk about that very thing, and, I, and we're going to show you how you can see God. Stay with us. All right, praise the Lord. Welcome to Wednesday Night Bible Study on behalf of our senior pastor, Reverend Paul G. Higgins and the Master's House. We welcome you for tuning in here as we continue our series in the Beatitudes. And we have a great, a great group uh, with us today. We have Brother Hal, our special guest host, host, and his daughter, Sister Jen, here to talk about Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Wouldn't that be amazing to see God? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. So uh, let's get right into it. But well, before we get right into it, let's go before the Lord in prayer, asking God to have his will and his way and that his name be lifted up. So Sister Jen, if you would, take us for the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we have to share. Please be with us and teach us this lesson and help us to teach others tonight and in the future for all that see this in the future. We pray that they are touched as much as we are. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, uh, like I said, we're in uh, in the Beatitudes, and we're down, maybe this is the fourth or fifth Beatitude. I should have counted. But uh, it is, blessed are the pure in heart, here in verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And I, I can only imagine this being a pretty awesome statement uh, to hear, uh, you know, Jesus saying and the Jews to hear this because the Jews, you know, they've never seen, never seen God, right? Would they know through all, all the Old Testament law that God is invisible? Uh, it was proclaimed in there. So it's like, wow, Jesus is saying that we got an opportunity to see God. But let's, let's uh, rewind just a pinch. Blessed are the pure in heart. Brother Hal, what is, what is the pure in heart? Well, <clears throat> the definition of pure is something that's not contaminated. It's completely free of any kind of contamination. And what it's talking about here in the Bible, no doubt, is what contaminates the heart and the mind. Uh, when it comes to the matters of the heart, uh, we uh, think of what captures our affections. Uh, what do we love more than God? Is it money? Is it praise of others? Do we lust for things of this life instead of the things of heaven? instead of what things really count for eternity. It brings to mind the passage, whatsoever things are lovely, pure, and of good report, you know, think on these things. And, and this is purity. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly right. That is purity. So, Sister Jen, uh, if you could paint uh, us a picture of what do you think purity is? Uh, what, what would you, how would you describe it? Well, if there's anything that is pure, it has to be perfect. And so the most perfect thing to me was a snowflake. So I was thinking that is perfection. It's without fault. And it's, 
a, a level of specialness where every single one is special and unique in its own way and it's without flaw all white so i was thinking about one of those snowy scenes that you think about the sky is white the snow is white even your breath is white and there's no sound that you just think of as, as the pure white snow we've all heard that but it also made me think of the verse in Isaiah that says, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. So I was actually sitting at my computer thinking about my notes and the song came on in the background, nothing but the blood of Jesus. So I looked up the words and it says, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So I got to thinking, well, we started off perfect, but the world gets you all dirty and yucky. <laughs> so for me, purity would be a level of forgiveness. Your heart really cannot be pure unless it's been cleansed by Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank goodness for the blood of Jesus. Amen. That would make me white and I, yeah i love the example white like the driven snow so but when you were talking there just literally i actually didn't know your notes but when you were talking there i was like oh my goodness you know to be perfect to be clean to be white i mean that is a tall order that's a tall task and you know none of us are perfect um you know we can strive to be but that just seems pretty difficult so brother how does jesus really um expect us to be pure and it, if so you know how god does expect purity but it, he doesn't expect us to do it alone in psalm uh the 51st psalm and the seventh verse purge me with hyssop and i shall be clean this is a prayer yeah. and wash me and i shall be whiter than snow I have discovered that that kind of prayer has got to be prayed every day. Because when I look in the mirror, I see a need to go through the washing. And, uh, and uh, I find an attitude or something like that. Whoop, that's not right. That's not pure. That's not thinking the right way. And so this is a wonderful attitude to have. Because when you begin to pray like that, you can just feel the presence of the Lord begin to just move on you and do that mighty work that only the Spirit can do. In Revelation, the seventh chapter and the 14th verse, this is one of my favorite parts of Revelation because it talks about this great group from all over the world that is coming into heaven. Uh, and uh, it is so powerful. And in the 14th verse of the seventh chapter of Revelation, and I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white. How? Not by something they did, but in the blood of the Lamb. And there is power to be clean. There is redemption. And it's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle to be redeemed from 
the sinfulness of this world and our flesh. In 1 John, the first chapter and the seventh verse, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from not two sins, not ten sins, from all sin. That's, that's real purity there. Yeah, well, I mean, and Jesus is painting a picture here, and he's setting us up. You know, if, you, if we want to see God, if we want to uh, make it up there into heaven, he is making a way for us to be pure and, and get to see him. And so... Uh, there's a lot of, you know, ways we can probably fake being pure. Do you think, uh, do you think we can uh, fake being pure? I think you can fake anything. <laughs> <laughs> being disingenuous is easy. It's the human way. We try to be all kinds of things that we're not every day. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in Matthew 23... 25 through 28, the Pharisees are trying to fake purity. So I'm going to read these chap- or these uh, verses here. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye may clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess, so threats and violence. Though blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may also, or may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whitened sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. And we've all known people that are in disingenuous. They are making sure that the outside of their cup is shiny and perfect when the inside of their cup is full of hurt and anger and frustration. I mean, we get up every day. It's an everyday thing. You get up every day, you clean up, you wear the outfit, You depends on where you're going, what you're going to look like, uh, what level of makeup you're going to wear, or, or, you know, I'm going to wear this shirt so I fit in with these people. So you want to make sure that your outside is super shiny. And a lot of people don't spend the time to make sure that the inside is super shiny and clean. A lot of people hide deep within because of fear. And when you're afraid, you behave in a way that you just want to protect yourself. It's, I'm fine. I'm perfectly fine. Everything is fine. I'm the queen of fine. (laughs) Everything's fine. Everybody at my house knows if I'm fine, they're all in trouble. (laughs) So in order to be okay, they cannot drop the, the image. They spend all their efforts shining on the outside rather than healing on the inside. So another verse I had here was Titus 1:15. Unto the pure, all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, 
but even their mind and their conscious is defiled. So for me, that said, you're either one or the other. You're true and real or you're fake and hiding. And I thought when, when you were talking about uh, dad being on here at the same time, dad works with money. And I thought the perfect example, and, and really, Michael and I were talking about this last night. He said, think about a dollar bill. So this is his example. You have one in your hand and you think it's real. We all think everybody is what they are showing us on the outside. This bill has all the markings on the outside to be the original. It's got the portrait of Benjamin Franklin on the front. It's got Independence Hall. It's got the declar you know, phrases from the Declaration of Independence, the quill. Everything looks right. You turn it over, you turn it back, perfect. But the only way to really know if it's real is to hold it up to the light. And then you can see if it has the correct watermark. And in the old days, it had the little the, the strip there that to, to know if it was counterfeit or real. And I feel like people are the same way. You have to hold them up to the light to really see if what they are showing on the outside is what they are on the inside. What a good example. What a good example. And uh, yeah, I mean, and Jesus is that light that shines in our heart and he exposes those things that are, hey, this needs to be taken care of. This is not clean, you know. Here's that spot in your garment here. And I, I like, like what you said when you said um, we take the time to, you know, beautify this outward appearance, right? You know, I took, I took about at least five minutes, maybe, maybe 10 and just come out this way, <laughs> no. and uh, but do I really take the time in, in prayer and supplication, asking the Lord what it is in my heart that it could be a spot, could be a blemish that uh, is keeping me from that, that purity level? He'll tell me, you know, and, and he's faithful and just if I would just ask for forgiveness. And like we said multiple times already that he would just wash it away um, by his blood. That's what it's there for. And, uh, and thank the Lord for that. But I got to spend the time doing it. I got at least, at least ask initially, you know, right out of the get go. Uh, that, and that's what I could, what I should do. And, and, and so that leads me to kind of to my next question, brother, how is, um, we know that, you know, the key to salvation, the three keys to salvation, you know, um, as Peter said, and as Paul said, and as Jesus said, Except you be born again of the water and spirit, you cannot enter in the kingdom of heaven. And, and Peter said, except you repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, that cleansing, that burying of the old man and with the new, the washing, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, that's how you are going to make it to heaven. And is that the only time I need to be washing? Is that the only time I need to make myself pure? Or should I, is there more to it? How often should I be washing? Well, Quite a lot, I think. <laughs> the, uh, uh, Jesus had such a fascinating way of dealing with his disciples and giving them some thoughts that they really had to meditate on. And probably, even though many things were revealed, revealed to them after Jesus ascended, there was probably a lot of revelations that came, you know, 
in the months and maybe the, the years following it, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden the light just came on. There's one of these scriptures in uh, uh, John, the 13th chapter, in the 10th verse, and Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. So he's with his disciples talking. Obviously, he's alluding to the meekness and the humility that is implied when contemplating washing feet. Uh, that, and of course, Jesus did uh, humble himself to wash their feet and told them that you got to wash yours. But there was something even more dynamic in all of that than just the physical act of washing feet. The secret to this is meekness and humility before God. It is actually the opposite of our general nature, just the way humans are. And this is why we find ourselves continually needing forgiveness and requiring spiritual renewal in Psalm 51 and the 10th verse. This is a wonderful prayer again. Create in me a clean heart, mm -hmm. O God, and renew. Renew. In other words, we're doing it again. Oh, yeah. So we're going <laughs> to renew and we're going to renew a right spirit. You know, it's so easy to develop the wrong attitude, the wrong spirit. And asking God to help us renew that right spirit, that fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost again, that fresh uh, commitment, that fresh faith. Oh, God, I know that you can help me do this. Yep. And we're going to kind of accomplish this. But, you know, this scripture you read about pure in heart, it's one of those scriptures that came with a promise mm -hmm. attached right to it. He says, if you're pure, uh, you're going to see God. What do you think, Brother Garrett? What do you think when, you know, they, the Jews thought when he says, you're going to see God when your heart is pure? Well, I'm sure they perked up quite a bit because, I mean, no one has seen God, right? God is, God is invisible, and uh, they know the stories of Moses back on, on Mount Sinai, and, and he only saw a, a, a similitude of God, and, and um, he couldn't really see God. And we have a bunch of scriptures I'll, I'm going to read here. But if someone, Jesus getting up there and saying, hey, I'm going to show you how you could see God, it's like, I've been waiting to hear this, you know, this all these years. You know, our, our um, entire nation has been waiting to hear and waiting to see this God that we've been worshiping for these uh, thousands of years. So in Exodus 33, 20, and he said, Thou canst not uh, see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. Right? And the Jews knew this going in to what Jesus was saying. And yet Jesus is telling them, I got a way where you can, that you can see him. And then also in 1 Timothy 6, 6, 6, uh, 16, who, uh, 
only hath immortality dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, who no man has seen nor can see, to him to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. And in Hebrews eleven twenty seven, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Uh, talking about Moses. So uh, it's, I mean, absolutely, I would say jaw-dropping if the Jesus is going to get out there and say, blessed are the pure in heart, for you shall see God. And um, I would imagine, I mean, if I was there, I, I would have perked up because this is something I've been wanting to, wanting to see my whole life. It's, and it's, it's like a little kid getting ready to go on some magical you know, vacation somewhere that they've been dreaming about. They've saw pictures about it. They saw YouTube videos about it. And I can't believe I'm going to get to see it, you know, firsthand. And Jesus said, here's the way to do it. And it's through him. Little did they know that it was through him, the one they're actually looking at, which is God manifested in the flesh. That's the God we're going to see when we get to heaven. And, uh, but little did they know at that time. And so what a, what a great promise that Jesus was given to him. And, and so, Brother how you got this last verse here, I think that really kind of paints the whole picture of seeing, seeing God and being pure in our heart. Yes, you know, I, I don't think, and, and I'm sure none of our listeners feel that God was fooling around. The Lord wasn't fooling around when he was there on that uh, day preaching and giving these wonderful uh, beatitudes uh, he wasn't mincing words and saying you know just to whet people's appetite no he said this is a fact right you're gonna see god in first john 3 1 through 3 there's a beautiful passage here that says behold what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of god Therefore, the world knows us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall see, we shall be like him, and we shall see him as he is, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. Wow. Yeah. Even as he, the Lord, is pure. So it really can do it. Yeah. It really can happen. It really is going to happen. And that's something to hold on to and to believe God for. You said every man that has this hope purifies himself. So yes. what do I got? I got to have this hope. I got to have this hope in me that Jesus is coming back. And if I had that hope, then I'm going to take action. I'm going to take the time, as Sister Jen was saying, and purify and cleanse this. And, oh, Lord, forgive me, oh, God, of all my sins and make me right and make me whiter than the, as the driven snow. And if I can keep doing that, not just, not just that one time way back when, when I was 10 years old and, and I was getting ready to be baptized uh, in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, but daily. Daily I get down, Lord, isn't that part of the, the Lord's prayer? Daily, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Daily. And as, uh, as we get ready to wrap up this, this lesson, 
And we've been talking about these Beatitudes the last, you know, three or four weeks or so. And Jesus is painting a picture of you shall see God. Um, these are the ones that enter into the kingdom of heaven. These are the ones that um, are going to inherit the promise. So and so forth. He's giving you out all these promises. And what it, what it uh, led me to believe is, you know what? I have no excuse. If I want all these beautiful promises and all these wonderful things that the Lord has for me, he is painting a picture right here in all these Beatitudes, even in the first four or five that we have gone over in the last four or five weeks. And there's no excuse. Will I take action today? You know, whether that, you know, I'm getting ready to go to bed here in, I don't know, a couple hours, three or four, depends on who you are, right? Will I get down upon my knees before I lay my head down and say, oh Lord, whatever temptation has came my way during today and whatever trial I've been facing that I didn't quite handle right and and I didn't quite have those um, think on these things that are lovely and pure and sound mind. Instead, I was thinking about some hateful things and had anger in me and envy and strife and, and all these things. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me of these things. And that is, that is the, the wonder and the beauty of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, that he is there to forgive me and to make me white. I, can, I would be clean and I don't need to let the devil beat me up over yesterday's sins if I've asked God to forgive me of it. I can, I can move on. And that is, I have, I have no excuse. I got no excuse to, to, to obtain these promises. So we hope that something that has been said today has been a blessing to you, has been an encouragement, and has lifted you up, has given you that hope. And that hope, Lord, will, will make me pure. And, and if you have a prayer request, uh, please email those to prayer at mastershouse.org and we'll lift up your knees before the Lord and pray that God would come in and minister to you, give you the strength, give you deliverance, give you the healing that you are uh, have a desire for. So, Brother Hal, if you would, thank you so much for everything you shared. Thank you, Sister Jen. But, uh, Brother Hal, if you would, would you uh, dismiss us now uh, with a word of prayer? Loving Jesus, we come to you tonight with great, great thanksgiving because you have given us hope for tomorrow. We know, oh Lord, that you are the wonderful Lord that is the Savior, that is the Comforter, that is the Almighty God. And Lord, you're ready to lead us and guide us so that we can fulfill these great things that you laid before your disciples 2,000 years ago and you're laying them before us today because you know that if we have faith in you and we look toward you, that we can one day see you face to face. Bless all those that are listeners tonight. Bless their heart, encourage them with your mighty spirit and we give you praise because your name is more powerful than any name. That name is Jesus. And we thank you for the power in that name tonight. Amen. Amen. Good night and God bless.